Well, I should like to begin by inviting you to the book of Proverbs, chapter 24. Proverbs, chapter 24, verse 10. Appreciate the good singing. Appreciate young people using their talents for the Lord, don't you? And I appreciate the good piano playing and bass playing and violin playing and the flute playing and all of it's blessed my heart this morning and your beautiful voices singing in the congregation, in the choir. We've been blessed this morning. Amen. And seeing that lineup of heroes this morning and veterans that have given a lot for a great cause. And I think of the text where young David said, is there not a cause? And Goliath was standing there defying the Lord. David was shocked that nobody had stood up to him when he showed up. He said, is there not a cause? And all great soldiers, and we have some of them among us this morning, all great warriors have surrendered themselves to a greater cause. And that's what it means to be a soldier. And we are all this morning called to be soldiers. I want to think along those lines, and I think we can learn a lot from our veterans. My middle name, Russell, is from a World War II veteran a 5th Amphibious Marine Corps, an island hopper in the Pacific, Russell Meadows, my great-granddad. And my son has that same middle name passed on down. And when I think of him and I think of all you that stood up today, and I want to learn from you and from your example. And so I'd like to preach under this heading from this verse, two simple words, never surrender. Never surrender. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10 says, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. All of us this morning are called to be soldiers. Paul said it like this, writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.18. He said, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them, listen to the language, mightest war a good warfare. Now, Timothy was never going to pick up a sword or pick up any armor or be in any actual army, but he was in the army of the Lord. And so all of us today that know the Lord as Savior, we are called to be soldiers for Him. We are called to be warriors for Him. Paul said, I have fought the good fight. Oftentimes, he would use the military as examples of how we should serve the Lord. He says this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, trying to encourage and edify Timothy. He says this, Thou therefore endure hardness, as a good soldier, he actually uses the word, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I think it's safe to say this morning that some of those men and women that stood up here on this stage have endured some hardness. They've been through some affliction, not only maybe in the field, but even in the preparation, the affliction that they go through. He said this, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, listen, that he, the Christian, may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. It's important for us to remember this morning that all of us are called to fight to an extent and in a certain sense. 
All of us this morning are warriors for the Lord if we know Him as our Savior. God has put us in that battle to fight for His glory. And Peter talks about lust that warreth against the flesh. We have the battle with our own flesh that we fight every single day. We have the battle with the forces of the world. And we have the battle with the kingdom of darkness. Every day, if you're a Christian, is a battle for the glory of the Lord. And I want to tell you this morning, based upon the Holy Scriptures and based upon the example of those men and women that stood up here and many others that flashed across those screens, that we should never surrender. That we should never give in. That we should never faint, no matter the adversity that comes. The psalmist, the the, uh, proverb writer here said, under the inspiration of God, remember Proverbs is the wisdom of God. Most of them written by King Solomon. Solomon was not the author of this wisdom. He got this wisdom from God. And so God says to us this morning, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Never surrender. I want you to notice, first of all, there is a reality in this text. The reality in this text is this, the day of adversity. The writer knows that no matter the person that's reading this, they will face adversity. The word adversity means distress, trouble, anguish, tribulation. The author assumes that every single person living will come to a time in their lives where they will face trouble, where they will face affliction, they will face tribulation. Those men and women on those screens, if we could listen to their stories, we'd be shocked at maybe some of the things that they have seen, some of the things that they have gone through, some of the affliction that they have faced. To be honest with you, as I study and try to do some of the, I've tried it in the past once or twice, not many times, to do some of the training that they do. It's amazing what they put themselves to, through. They put themselves through affliction, through adversity, to be ready for when that reality comes. All of us this morning are going to face adversity. Are you with me this morning say amen? All of us this morning are going to face trouble. The question is, what are we going to do When it comes, Paul said it this way, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It is a reality that we all will face, Jesus told us. Well, it's not a reality that we all will face. It's a reality that the soldier for the Lord will face. Understand this morning, there might be some lukewarm ones among us that don't understand how great the cause is. If you love that flag, say amen. Amen. It's a worthy call. But it is nothing compared to the cause of our Savior. Long before that flag was ever stitched, people were dying for the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that flag would mean nothing without our Savior. There is a greater cause that all of us are called to serve. Thank God for the cause of liberty and justice. Thank God for the cause of a free representative republic. What a privilege it is, but that is nothing without the glory of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. But how many of us are willing to face adversity for our Lord? That is a reality. Jesus said, don't be shocked when you go into the world and they hate you. They hated me before they hated you. So when I look at these veterans and I think about my forefathers and I think about the encouragement that I get 
to continue as a soldier for the Lord and to do what they have done for their cause. And many of them are great servants of the Lord as well. A good soldier will make a great Christian because they already have a lot of the concepts and morality and discipline and love of truth and honor and duty that goes hand in hand with a Christian worldview. I want to say to you this morning that adversity is a reality. We will face tribulation in this battle for the Lord. Those of you that have tried to live for the Lord for 10 minutes know what I'm telling you is true. The inner battle that takes place. Paul says in Galatians 5 that the spirit lusteth against the flesh. The the flesh lusteth against the spirit. They're entangled with one another on the inside of you. All of us are in that battle for the Lord. I want you to notice the second thing in this text. There is a reason in this text. There's a reality. We'll face trouble. We'll face tribulation. We'll face adversity. But there's a reason in the text. Would you look at it with me? The Bible said in Proverbs 24:10, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Very simple, isn't it? The reason that you give in when trouble comes, the reason that you surrender the victory when tribulation comes is quite simply because you were not strong enough to bear it. Glad that we live in a nation that has the strongest military on earth. I'm glad that we live in a nation that has the strength that it has. We pray that we'll hold on to defending the truth that we're supposed to defend. But I believe this morning that this text is very simple. The reason that you surrender is because you're too weak. The word faint means to sink to relax, to let drop, to be disheartened. The word strength means power, might. The word small in this text means narrow. But the word small, the Hebrew is very interesting in this text because the word small has connected with it more than just small, but it has connected with the word, the adversary that you're facing. Here's what the text really means. If you give in when tribulation comes, it's because the enemy was bigger than you were. Because the trouble had more power than you had. But that can never be said of us this morning. Because my Bible said in 1 John chapter 4 that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And the psalmist said that the Lord is my strength. That the Lord is my refuge. And the reason that I will never surrender is not because I have some inborn power, not because I have some inborn might, but because the Lord is my strength. And the Lord gives the strength to those that will truly fight the battle. The reason that we faint is because our strength is small. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many battles are you winning over your flesh? I'll give you a second to answer it. Some of us, all we do all week long is live in defeat. We can't shout on Sunday morning because we ain't shouting on Monday afternoon. The reason people don't shout on Sunday morning because they ain't been shouting all week long. The reason you can't pray at church because you didn't pray any closet. You can't shout the victory if you don't have any victory. I thank God I live in a country that is back-to-back World War champs. Amen? 
And I believe if there was a third championship, we'd win that one too. Aren't you glad we have victory this morning? I'm glad I'm not up here speaking German. But how many victories are you winning for him? But I really want to take this text. And the third thing about this text is there is a remedy in this text. There is a solution, Pastor Shake. The solution is in the text, right? So the reality is we're going to face struggle. That's the reality. If you believe that, say amen. The reason in the text that we're going to give in, that we're going to faint, that we're going to give up, that we're going to lose, is because our strength is not there. Our strength is not sufficient. We're too weak, right? So hidden in there, it's not very hidden really, is the solution. Get stronger. Find, a, find some strength. Where do we find our strength this morning? Take your Bible, if you would, and turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible says this, and I want you to see this text. If you turn there with me, I'll give you a few moments to get there. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2. This, this chapter is about fighting the good fight of faith. This chapter is about the other illustration that's often used by Paul and the New Testament writers is running a race. This is the very, during the beginning of the Olympic Games becoming very popular around Greece and around the culture in which the Bible, uh, New Testament was written. And so they would use that running a race. When you're, raise your hand if you ever go on a run. Some of us do. My friend always makes a joke when he sees somebody running along the street. He always says, you know, people have to run exercise. And he says, you know, the Bible says the wicked flee when no man pursues. Yeah. <laughs> the wicked flee when no man pursues. There comes a point when I remember basketball practice last week. One young man came up to me. He was running laps and he said, why does my side hurt so bad? <laughs> it's something in you that wants to say, you know what? This feels a lot better right here. Yeah. Whoa. I know that we want to have our, our heat and our air conditioning, our nice cars and our money and our padded pews, and we don't want to anything to test us or to try us. That's not how it works. The Christian life is a race. The Christian life is a battle. The Christian life is a war. You're going to be tempted to surrender. Where do we find our strength? Let me tell you about the greatest veteran that there is. Let me tell you about the greatest hero that there is. Let me tell you about the one who was tempted to surrender more than anybody that ever walked and was on the greatest mission ever undertaken. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2, we want to keep on doing this thing. We want to lay aside the weight and keep running for the Lord, keep fighting for the Lord. There's only one way to do it. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. That doesn't say to look at him once. To look at him in the future, it means to presently be looking at him. Are you looking at him today with the eyes of faith? Are you beholding the Lord Jesus in all that he has done and accomplished for you? Looking unto Jesus. Look here. The author and the finisher of our faith. Look at it. Who for the joy that was set before him. Look at this word. Endured. Endured. Endured the cross. 
despising the shame, and is set down, mission accomplished, at the right hand of the throne of God. Walk with me if you would. Follow the Lord Jesus that night to the Garden of Gethsemane. The night before he would give his life there at Calvary. The night before he would have the wrath of God cast upon him. And for the first time in the history of existence itself, the Trinity would face that great separation where God the Son would say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At any time, our Savior could have called down 10,000 angels. At any time, he could have said, no, not thy will. At any time, he could have surrendered. Any time, he could have given up. Any time, but he didn't. And the reason that we don't surrender this morning, are you with me? Say amen. The reason that we don't give in this morning, it's not because we're powerful, not because we have some strength, but because we're looking unto Jesus. He is our strength. He is the author and the finisher. And we never surrender because our Savior never surrendered. John 13, 1, Jesus said that he's, the Bible said that having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. He never surrendered. Luke chapter 22. And thank God that these men and women up on that screen and before us today, they don't surrender. They don't quit. They don't run away from the adversity. They run toward it. And all of his life, Jesus knew that there was going to be a cross. And he had the power to escape it. He didn't run away from adversity. He ran to it for you and for me. Luke chapter 22 Verse 42, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Psalm 18, 1, 2, 32, and 39. That's four times in one psalm, the Lord is my strength. Psalm 19, Psalm 27, Psalm 28, Psalm 29, Psalm 37. I could keep giving them all the way to 150. Over and over, the psalmist says, in the battle, when it gets tough, the Lord is my strength and my salvation. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength. Paul prayed for the Colossian church in chapter 1, verse 9 through 11, that we would be strengthened according to his glorious power. I'll study that word according to. You know what that means? Here's the best illustration I can think of. That means that you have a lot of bills to pay and you don't have the ability to pay them, but you have a really rich, a really rich uncle that lives down the road and he has the ability to write you whatever you need. That's what the Lord does. Whatever you need to cash in for the strength that you need, the Lord has it's according to his glorious power. Wherever you need it, however you need it, the Lord can give it to you. He is our strength. And that is why we never surrender. We never give in. We never quit. We never give up. The Bible said that Gideon's great warriors pursued the enemy. I love this verse. It said they were faint, tired, ready to slacken, ready to quit, faint, yet pursuing. Could take some of those veterans and hear their stories of times where it was time to quit, but they kept going. Isn't there amazing stories? We talked about World War II and 
I think of Prime Minister of England during that time, the 19, early or late 30s, early 40s, was maybe you've heard the name Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. Got to understand that England needed a little help, amen? They need the big boy. That's what my dad always said. They need the big boys to show up. And the big boys hadn't shown up yet over there. And they were fighting those Germans, the Germans coming through France, and they took Paris, and they were on their way to London. They even started bombing London. Imagine that. Imagine if the city that you lived in, you had at any time to be waiting to hear a siren to find a bunker. Imagine that. We've never had that in America. The only war that's ever taken place on these grounds were three wars that happened a long time ago. And it was nothing like at World War II, World War I. I've heard sermons from the 40s on recording, and you can hear the sirens going off in the background in and around England where they had to go and, and get in those bunkers. And Winston Churchill knew that it wasn't going good. You study that out, and you'd be amazed how close Hitler came. But every single day, Churchill would go to the House of Commons, he would go and he would speak, and he would act as if they were winning. And he knew they weren't. And he gave one of the most famous speeches of all time, and the title of it was, Never Surrender. And you've heard him say it in that great English accent. I won't do the impersonation behind the pulpit, maybe later. But he said, we'll fight them on the beaches. We'll fight them in the mountains. We'll fight them in the fields. You're talking about encouraging. I still get tears in my eyes when I listen to that. And I think about my papa going over there. He, Anywhere you want to fight, we'll take it. We'll fight. We'll never surrender. And every single day, those Englishmen and women would get up out of their homes, get their, get their backpacks, get their suitcases, get whatever they're taking to work, and they'd step over the rubble of that city and go to work as if nothing was happening. Thank God for that. We have the greater cause today. We have the greatest cause today. You study the war for independence. We should have lost that thing. Our men should have given up. They were losing. If it wasn't for the French, we would have lost it. Washington could have given up, but he wouldn't do it. He did everything in his power to keep the morale of those men high. Some of them would go weeks without shoes in 20-degree weather. They said, you follow Washington's army, you could follow the trail of blood left behind by, by feet. They didn't give in. They didn't surrender. So who are we to surrender in the cause of Christ? Every single one of Jesus' disciples, except for one, gave his life for the gospel. The only one that didn't was John on the Isle of Patmos. And they tried to kill him. Every single one died. Peter was crucified. And when they went to crucify him, he said, no, 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 no. Flip me upside down. I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Savior. Wow. So when I think of these veterans, I think of their cause. I'm encouraged. I think of David, is there not a cause? And I think of the great cause that God has given us. And far be it from us never to surrender. David was prepared, wasn't he? He'd already fought a lion and a bear. He was prepared for the battle. But you know who the true and better David is? The Lord Jesus. You're not David in that text. You can't kill Goliath. He can't. Do you know what happened that day, Pastor Shake? David is the only one who did any fighting. He won the battle, but the rest of Israel got in on that victory. So it is with us. David was their strength that day. Christ is our strength. He won the battle. We trust in him, and through him, we never surrender.
Let us pray. Father, we thank you for Christ and that he never gave up on us. We thank you that he went all the way to the end. And Lord, we thank you for these veterans this morning that have given, sacrificed, never surrendered, never given up, and kept going for a greater cause. And Lord, their example is before us today, and it's in Scripture as an example. You wrote it down for us, said, listen, it's going to cost you like it cost a soldier to surrender to a greater cause. And if you surrender to a greater cause, then you'll never surrender to the enemy. And so I pray that you'd help us today to find strength in the battle, to find strength in our Savior who is our strength, who is the ultimate victor. Help us to reflect upon that and to be looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What I pray today, if there's anyone here, they've never trusted you. They don't understand, Lord, that Christ died to give them the victory, to give them eternal life if they would but reach out and take it, if they would but trust you. I pray that you impress that upon that heart today, that they're helpless in this battle without the Lord. Lord, we thank you. We surrender to you. Work in our hearts today. In Jesus' name.